0: it's Jane Wells and this is strange success the CNBC podcast which takes you on the journeys of offbeat entrepreneurs who overcome obstacles like they don't have any money or no one believed in them or everyone thought they were crazy or they had no idea what they were doing or all of the above but they find ways to create very successful companies based on weird products it's strange and inspiring Today. Meet the Queen of Pooh. You know, sometimes people say, did you ever
1: dream that you would be the Queen of Pooh? I was like, no, like who dreams of that?
0: That's Susie Batiz, a 50-something Texan with long blonde hair, sparkling eyes. She favors feminine flowing dresses and boots. <laughs> At this moment, she is dancing around her Dallas office with two coworkers dressed up as pieces of poo. They're two number twos. There's no number one. Actually, Susie Batiste is number one at conquering the smell of number two. She created Pooh pourri
1: Poo-Pourri is a before you go bathroom spray that you actually spray on the surface of the toilet water before you go. It works because the oils actually create a layer. And whenever, you know, poo goes mm-hmm. in, it actually encapsulates, it sort of like wraps the odor.
0: How in the world did this product come to be?
1: The short answer is I have a husband and two stinky boys. (laughs) The the real answer is I don't love bathroom odor.
0: Inc. Magazine named poo one of America's fastest growing companies. And get a load of this. Annual revenues top 45 million dollars. And this year we'll do more. (laughs) You would not believe the mother load I just dropped. And that's how I like to keep it. This is the original commercial for Poopery from 2013. It has been streamed over 40 million times. How do you make the world believe your poop doesn't stink? Or in fact, that you never poop at all? That commercial exploded in both good and bad ways. For one thing, almost no one wanted to be in it. Then it was so popular, it nearly destroyed the company. You'll learn what Susie Batiste did to survive, revealing an unexpected steeliness. First thing in the morning, I'm going to camp out in
1: 48 hours, and I'm going to sit in your office because I want you to tell me eye-to-eye that you cannot help my company
0: because I'm going under. Batiste had already failed twice in life and was verging on strike three. And after disrupting the odor industry by creating an oil which traps gases under toilet water, not some aerosol spray which chases fumes after they escape into the air, she was copied a lot. It's been ugly. And a warning there will be some slightly inappropriate language today. But you'll also learn how she prevailed and why Susie Batiste believes Poopari existed in the ethos even before she thought of it. I believe that when
1: something's born of pure passion that it's a living dynamic energy within itself. So Poopari was already alive and that Poopari actually attracts what it needs and I literally was told every step by the outside what to do. Yeah
0: she is not your typical entrepreneur. So who is Susie Batiste? She was born in the 60s in Arkansas.
1: Actually, I grew up without a lot of money. So what happened was I made things. And it's, it's a luxury now. I think, oh, that what an amazing life that I had that I didn't get to go out and buy things, I had to make it. So I believe I was kind of created an entrepreneur. So for me, if I have an idea, it's like, oh, I can just make that. When I was 17 years old, I had this idea, everyone was wearing pumps with jeans. And I thought, I want mine to match my jeans. So I had my boyfriend's aunt worked at a shoe factory. And I asked her, I designed, you know, drew out this shoe. And I said, can you make me a pair of shoes? So she made a pair of denim pumps for me, and I wore them. Everybody loved them. And somehow, I figured out to call guests in New York. I called them, and I said, hey, you know, I've made these denim shoes. And they said, come up and see us. We're getting ready to start a shoe line. And um, I went and told my mom, and she said, you know, they're just going to chew you up and spit you out. So I never went.
0: Did you regret that?
1: Of course. Yeah, my whole life.
0: What did it teach you?
1: It taught me to go for what you want and
0: don't listen to ignore the outside world. There would be many, many other lessons she needed to learn.
1: a bridal salon when i was 19. i went bankrupt by the time i was 20. yeah <laughs> didn't go well um, i asked my mother and my boyfriend's parents at the time and they put in money it wasn't good so yeah i worked really hard trying to get out of that one
0: you've been bankrupt more than once
1: twice yeah in 2000 i had an idea for a company called greener grass And um, it was a website that actually recruited based on a a person's culture and matched a company culture. What I realize now, everybody's talking about culture. I was just 15 years too soon. (laughs) A stunning sell-off gripping Wall Street. What happened was we had invested our money in that and we were living, you know, a little bit to the edge of our means there. And then the dot-com crashed.
0: Both the Dow and the Nasdaq posting their worst point losses ever and almost record volume on both exchanges. That is CNBC's Sue Herrera covering the closing bell on April fourteenth, 2000 in what was the surest sign the dot-com bubble was bursting, taking down Susie Batiste's fledgling web business with it.
1: And actually it was the biggest blessing of my life.
0: Why? Well,
1: because I really got down to bare roots, uh, to what really mattered. You know, we were living in a big house, I had the Mercedes and the Range Rover and um, we went down to a, a single house in a, with one car, and our kids now say that, they, that that was the best thing that ever happened to them because we were all in one area rather than they used to have their whole wing of the house, and we were living together again.
0: Then, in 2007, Susie Batiste got the idea to solve the thing she hates more than anything else in the world. <laughs> the smell of bathroom odor.
1: Wow. The idea, you know, um, was presented to me by my brother in law. He said, Could you trap odor? And he had tried for a couple of years and didn't successfully do that. And I said, Oh, I work with oils. My hobby was essential oils, and I love oils, and I have a, a passion for natural products.
0: Not a hobby I'm familiar with, but Susie Batiste was big into mixing oils. So she dove in to solve her pet peeve. So
1: it took me about nine months of testing. Like every day, you should have seen, like my friends and family would come over and I would say, they'd say, I gotta go to the bathroom. I would say, what are you doing? What are you gonna do in there? And they were like, what do you mean? And I said, well, actually, I have this product. I wanted to know if it was number one or number two because I had a serious mission here. Like I had to make this work.
0: Did people think you were crazy?
1: Every single person in my life thought I was crazy. Yeah, my family, um, even my husband, you know, everybody was like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? And I just knew, I just knew in my gut that this was going to work and it was an obsession of mine. And I just kept mixing and blending and mixing and blending and mixing and blending and I created the formula entirely by myself. And finally one day, about nine months later, my husband walks out of the bathroom one morning because he was the official tester, right? And uh, he walked out and he goes, oh my God, we're going to be millionaires. And I was like, what? It works? (laughs) I was like, yeah. ah." Once it worked, I sent it out to a few friends because I thought we might be in denial. You know, it's like, does does it really work or do we just think it works? We're we're kind of lost steam here. And they love the product, everybody. And I'm pretty type A, so I sent them a form. You know, I rate this on a scale and they picked up the phone and they're like, okay, this works, just make it.
0: Why has nobody thought of this?
1: Well, I'll tell you, people don't like talking about bathroom odor. You know, it's a taboo topic. And it's one of the things I'm most proud about is we have people talking literally about shit.
0: She said it. <laughs> oh. oh, isn't that nice? I'm in Pooh conference room smelling a scent called Ship Happens. It's a little tropical with some vanilla and it smells fantastic. I had a woman that wore one of our scents as perfume before. Now and you can't, I mean, you could do it that. It sounds horrible, but I totally get it. After perfecting her product, Batiste started cold calling manufacturers. Now, since this product was born out of her passion, she believed it had a life force of its own that would draw success to it. And what I love is when you tell people the
1: honest truth, people wanna help you. So I would just say, I I have this product, I wanna make it, do you guys do that? And they'd say no, and I said, well, who would I talk to? And they would give me a lead and literally just followed the footsteps. So you don't have to know everything that you need to do. You know, because you will be guided and told.
0: How much did it cost to start the business?
1: We started with an initial investment of twenty-five thousand dollars, and to this date, we've never borrowed any money. We've never had a line. Of, we have a line of credit, but we've never tapped into it, and we're debt-free. Who came up with the name? Actually, my sister-in-law called me one day, and she said, poo poo you know, like "hip hip hooray." And I was with a client, I was doing interior design at the time, yet another business. And um, we were talking, and I said, Hold on, Poopery, like Poopery. And I knew that was the name.
0: Your husband had a different idea, didn't
1: he? Yeah, he would name it Trap a Crap. <laughs> he comes to me, he's like, Get it? It traps the crap. And I'm like, I get it. And we're going to end up in truck stops. Like, this is not good. <laughs>
0: In 2007, poo went on the market starting very small in local retailers.
1: When I really knew that uh, the moment of we have made it is when I sold to my first retail store and I delivered the product and I remember I had a milk crate and I went and put it on the counter and I delivered the product and there was a lady with a mink headband in her Louis.
0: As in Louis Vuitton. I mean, it's Dallas people.
1: The store owner said, Susie, tell her about your product. And I said, it's Pri, It's a before-you-go-bathroom spray. And you use it before you go. And I gave my spill, and she didn't even look at me. She goes, that's clever. I'll take four. I was like, four? I go, the big ones or the little ones? She goes, I want the big ones. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> the next day, I get a call from the other friend's store. And they said, I have a store, and my friend just bought this product. Can I buy it? And I said, yes. And then the next day I get another call from another friend that says, this product. And I was like, I'd like I'm like i on to something here. Yeah, it was amazing.
0: Batiz slowly grew the company over six years, putting all profits back into the business. She got to the point where the product was being sold in 10,000 retailers and on QVC. But in 2013, she decided to take Poo-Pourri to the next level. The whole effort, though, nearly imploded into a big pile of poo. Here's what happened.
1: I wanted to nurture, support, and really build a really solid brand. And I knew, I knew at some moment that I'm going to have to scale really quickly. So I really kind of wanted to be under the radar as I'm perfecting and tweaking the messaging and what we're doing. And then when I started seeing a couple of copycats, like that intuition, that moment of this is it, this is when the gas pedal goes on.
0: One thing I've learned doing these stories is that nobody steals your idea when it's just an idea. It's only after you do the hard work of creating a product, marketing it, and proving that people want it, that's when the copycats pop up. So Susie Batiste decided poo needed a commercial to grow big. The concept, a proper British young woman sitting on a toilet. Of course, flushing removes the graphic evidence. Maybe two or three flushes if your skin marks are as tenacious as mine. Whose idea was it to have this proper young woman with a British accent? That was actually the writer.
1: Um, Yeah, it was his idea to have that. And I thought that was brilliant, you know, because we all know like
0: British don't poop, right? (laughs) (laughs) By the way, the same production company which made her video, the Harmon Brothers out of Provo, Utah. They also made the famous unicorn pooping rainbow colored ice cream for Squatty Potty, another bathroom based juggernaut you can hear about in the first episode of this podcast. You're probably sensing a theme here. But Susie Batiste ran into two problems taking poopery to the next level. One was a small problem. The other was really big. First, the kind of small problem. When the Harmon Brothers sent out a casting call to be in the commercial, the response (coughs) was mostly crickets. No one wanted to be in an ad about a poop spray. Sure, they'd jump at a chance to be in some ad about Viagra or Tampax, but not this. How many women applied for the job? Four.
1: Yeah, we had four people just <laughs> They were
0: banging down your door. They were. But one of the four who replied was Bethany Woodruff, a young lady from Scotland who was a student at BYU. She was perfect. Leaving not a trace that I was ever here, let alone that I just birthed a creamy behemoth from my cavernous bowels. Okay, I think that's really funny. The ad made Bethany Woodruff an instant star, and it put Pooh on the map. which created the second problem, the really big one. After the video
1: uh, became viral, we were $4 million in back order. We had had all these orders, our systems weren't talking, and we had a problem with our sprayers. And I didn't know if we were gonna make it. Um, I called our sprayer
0: manufacturer, and they said that they couldn't ship the sprayers for 16 weeks. It was an impossible delay, which would lead to canceled orders, a ruined reputation, and potentially the end of the business, would Susie Batiste go bankrupt a third time? No. Failure was not an option. I ended up
1: going on LinkedIn and I emailed the CEO of the the company. Even though everyone in the company said that they would not help us uh, find sprayers, I, I called him and said, I'll be on the flight first thing in the morning. I'm gonna camp out in 48 hours and I'm gonna sit in your office because I want you to tell me eye to eye that you cannot help my company because I'm going under and i was in the american airlines lounge and he actually um his vp of global sales called me and said don't hop on a plane we're going to help you and i was like okay thanks
0: oh but wait there's more batiz has had to deal with serious competition from a big player poo sued the giant european conglomerate which owns airwick Claiming Airwick's new toilet spray, called VI Poo, has a confusingly similar trademark with poo packaging and marketing, including a commercial starring a young woman on a toilet making poo puns. The lawsuit was recently settled, terms undisclosed. So there are many moments like that when you don't know
1: if you're going to make it. So, yeah, so entrepreneurs need to know it's going to happen. You're going to have those moments and you will make it. It'll be OK.
0: <laughs> it has been OK. Through 2017, Pooh has sold more than 25 million bottles. The company commissioned a report which values it at $300 million. And Susie Petit celebrated poo 10th anniversary with a self-help book called The Woo of Poo. It's filled with advice and sass, like how to enlighten your load. She really is the only woman I know who can talk about crap and still be classy. And she's really tried to become an expert on bathroom odor. What is it about humans that we just, this is the, the one odor we can't stand? Yeah, actually,
1: um, it's, a, it's a survival instinct that feces is not good for us. So we want to avoid it at all costs. Um, I've talked to a psychologist about this what I think it's fascinating. We have a fear of being cast out of the tribe because we could actually die. You know, our old brains, we could actually die in the wild. So we wanna make sure we fit in
0: but I don't completely agree with her here. While we may not like the smell of other people's poo, I would suggest we have more complex feelings about the smell of our own. Do you know what I mean? My thing is, is why would you
1: even want to sit in that? The funny thing is, <laughs> is we remove that for other people, but we actually sit in that odor ourselves,
0: Well, it's weird. Well, no, I think it's sort of that. It's, it's my, the first gift I ever made Susie Batiste is staring at me horrified. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? That it's, mm-hmm. it's, what, it's my first creation? Kind of. Kind of, yeah. If you're coming you know,
1: after at, the first one, <laughs> why no, but it kind of them? Maybe
0: it takes you back to that sort of like first poo you gave your mom. And it's like, look what I did for you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no. No, no, I don't like it. <laughs> no, I don't want to smell it.
0: <laughs> well, I'm just kind of, maybe I'm saying too much about myself. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about something else. Moving on. These days, poo paris is sold in over 20,000 retail stores, plus online. Most customers are women who often buy it for men. Batiz employs 75 people, and on the wall of her headquarters in Dallas is a list of 10 company commandments called Pooh manments which sum up the philosophy of the founder. Here they are. Do epic shit. Honor thy customer. Be the change you want to see. Okay, she's got a little Gandhi in there. Act with karmic intention. Work as a badass team. Screw the status quo. Be weird. Profit from good. Have a positive attitude. Impact the world. And show your genius. I gotta say, the original Ten Commandments are easier.
1: What's next? Oh, wow. Uh, Global poo domination.
0: (laughs) We're ready to take over the world. (laughs) Successful entrepreneurs, even the weird ones, they see the world differently than most of us. While we look for one good idea, they see a million of them every day. And failure is merely a speed bump. One of the biggest
1: lessons that I learned about failure was that it's not personal and to really look back at what my intentions were. Was this something that was organically born within me that I'm passionate about, that I'm inspired to do, or was it a strategic move? And Every strategic move that I've made, most strategic moves, some of them work out, but that's where you get that huge failure rate. She
0: believes certain things are meant to be.
1: So many times we have these limiting beliefs like, I'm not going to be able to do it. I can't do it. I have a belief that you wouldn't have had that idea if you didn't have everything within you in this moment to actually bring it to life.
0: In other words, if you've got that thing you want to do, it's time to poo or get off the pot. Thanks for listening to this week's Strange Success. These are the craziest stories. I love them so much, and I hope you do too. Let me know what you think in the ratings and review area on iTunes, and we're also on Spotify. I'm Jane Wells, and this CNBC podcast is written and produced by me with help from producers Candace Goldman, Janice Pettit, and Ellen Eageth. Editing and mixing by Candace Goldman. We will be back next week with someone else trying to disrupt some other industry in some weird, unexpected way.
1: Actually, do we even need toilet paper anymore?
0: Did she just question the need for toilet paper? Wait, what?